God says, my girls will know what to do when they know who they are. Welcome to Equipped with a Crown, where we discover who we are and are empowered to step into our destiny. Join us, Christy Joy, Kat, and Michelle, as we explore our kingdom identity through real conversations. Well, welcome everybody to Equipped with a Crown. We're so glad that you're with us today. And my name is Christy Joy. I'm Kat. And I'm Michelle. And today we're going to be talking about being a new creation. I'm really excited about this, guys. And so we're actually going to start out with um, Kat reading some scripture from Genesis. Yeah, so we have the... um what we call the new creation mandate in Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. And I'm reading from the Amplified, and it says, Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image, according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate it putting it under your power, and rule over, dominate, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. This is our mandate as as his kids, right? He made us like him, and he rules and reigns. And ultimately, the end of the day, we are supposed to be ruling and reigning with him. But we have to know who we are first. That's exactly right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, it's so important that we embrace who we are. I think so many of us live in that place of um, living out our life experiences and making our beliefs based on what we've experienced along the way rather than the finished work of Christ on the cross. Right. That is so true. Yeah. Um, And so I think it's super important that we in order for us to bear his image, in order for us to reflect his kingdom, like he's asked us to do, that there that we have to we have to remember that place of being a new creation. And what what and we must be born again, right? I mean, he says that in his scripture too. And you know, when I think about this, it just it really kind of blows my mind because when you think about it, we are so unique. Because even, you know, after Adam and Eve uh, fell and uh, they left the garden, they didn't have the Spirit of God in them. But when Jesus came and he died and he rose again, he gave us his Spirit. So when I think about it, it it's like it's, it's so incredible because Jesus had a body just like we have right now. Mm-hmm. And we have his Spirit, just the same Spirit that he has lives inside of us. And then... His word also says that we have the mind of Christ. So, and that's who we are. We're like, we're made of spirit, body, and mind, soul, and we have everything that God has. 
Mm-hmm. And when I, and, you know, it just blows my mind when I think about that, that, oh my gosh, he's given us everything that he is. But I don't think that we recognize that on it. I know I struggle with it every day because I forget that this is who I am. And, and so, I, I mean, it, I think it makes all the difference in the world mm-hmm. that to just understand, gosh, we're, he like made a bunch of little mini Jesuses on this earth. <laughs> oh, my made, we have everything we need to be like him. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about it um, when I was growing up. I, even though I love Jesus, I lived so many years not fully knowing who I was. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I was in church all the time, and, you know, I loved music, I loved worship, I loved all of that. Um, the sermons used to bore me to death, but I, <laughs> just being honest, however, you know, I love the community of church and everything, but my life circumstances with a mother leaving when I was 12, um, there were just lots of different circumstances. I was kind of a little bit weird um, because I was following Jesus so closely while everybody else was more about relationships and things and mm-hmm. all of that. I mean, I liked things and I wished I was in a relationship, but, you know, growing up, but I, I didn't really have that. So I more identified with my rejection. And it was really not until I came to Denver where all of that began to shift. Um, and I think it was Gosh, when I was going through my divorce, I had this um, this woman step into my life. She lives in South Africa and became a mentor. There was like a whole story on how I met her, but she began to speak into my life. And I, for the first time, I think ever, started finding a community of people who liked me just because of who I was. And they were speaking into my identity in that place. Yeah. And it was such a foreign concept to me, but I think so many, uh, so many people in the church they go to church, but they don't. They're not really attaching that newness to their own lives, not the fullness of it. There, I think they're still identifying as sinners rather than righteousness. Well, why do you think that is? Mm-hmm. Why does that happen? Because I've been saying I was raised in church. I was I got saved when I was twelve years old, and I always felt. I kept hearing, and I, I was raised Baptist. No offense against no. any Baptist, <laughs> yep. but I heard over and over what a sinner I am, yeah. even though I had accepted Jesus. So, yeah. you know, what's the deal with that? I don't know. Well, I well, think I a know. lot of <laughs> a lot of Christians, this has been their experience. Like yeah. our the churches, um, at least in the West, have not genuinely had the full gospel. If we're being right, honest, right, right. you know, I grew up in in a Baptist church as well. That's where I was baptized when I was six, and and then um, went to a couple different churches, but it wasn't consistent. Um, but I didn't know; I wasn't taught who I was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I engaged fully with the Lord that He started teaching me who I am. And I think that that's what we need to be teaching now. That's what. And we're seeing that, right? There are churches now that are really stepping into that and saying, let's uncover the rest of this story. It's not just accept Jesus, go to heaven, that's the end. That's that's the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a whole story that goes on once you receive him. And I feel like that's where we are now. Yeah, I remember not 
it's been several years now as I've been here at Bridgeway for a while. But several years ago, I was actually working on staff at a church. And while I was there, I, I started listening to different people. I was listening to Todd White. And Dan Moeller said this one time. He was like, we have to be careful. Uh, and I was listening to Dan Moeller one day as I was working. And he said, we have to be careful not to identify as sinners because in that place, we may sin by faith. Mm-hmm. We, wow. w- instead, we have to call ourselves righteousness, you know, mm-hmm. or, or be known by our righteousness because of what Jesus paid on the cross. So I got really excited about this. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> so I sent something out to our staff, just all excited about it. Guys, I got pulled into an office. Mm. No, you didn't. I did. I got pulled wow. into an office and told, "Oh no, no, no! This is not right. You need to tell. You need to apologize to everybody for sending that out because Paul says I'm the biggest sinner there is." And I was like, um, hmm. "You know what? I, I, I think I had to disagree. I had to agree to disagree at that point. You know, and I." Because he was in leadership, I had to honor what he asked. However, um, it, I think it was at that moment that I just began. It, it caused me to dig a little deeper into what I believed about it. Yeah. And I think Dan Moeller's right. You know, I think that we have to be careful in that place. And and when I look at the scripture, it says that Paul said he was. He was. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was, not mm-hmm. is. Not mm-hmm. is. He was the biggest sinner. Mm-hmm. And yes, my goodness, he used to, then he used to kill people. I mean, he, yeah. he was a Christian. <laughs> he was bad. But out of his zeal for the Lord, yes. right? Like he thought he was doing the right thing until he met Jesus. Until he had <laughs> his moment, right? Where right. everything changed. And so what he said agrees with Romans 5.17. This is one of my favorite scriptures mm-hmm. here. Okay. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Amen. We have been given a gift of righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's who we are. Come on. Yes. We are new creation. Yes. We don't live there anymore. Yeah. No. And so, you know, even this morning, but you know, I mean, I nine years ago, God gave George and I, I'm so glad it was at the same time. Huge revelation of the gospel of grace. We've been in church for years and years, but we heard a a preacher on TV, and it was like hearing the gospel, like the real gospel for the first time. Mm -hmm. And we realized, oh my gosh, it's not about law. It's not about keeping things right and being perfect all the time. We have have the gift of grace, uh, the gift of righteousness, and he's given us grace, and it changed our lives. It really did. And, you know, but even nine years later, I'm still dealing with it because I'm in my closet even this morning, just feeling, asking God, why do I feel tense? Why do I feel stressed? Why do I feel this way? He said, he told me, because he said, because you're looking at yourself, trying to understand why do you feel, uh, why, why can't I get this right? Why can't you have more faith? Why can't I have more faith? Why can't I just mm-hmm. believe? He said, You've got to understand, that's all taken care of. And my love for you is greater than any of that. And I could just, for a moment, I saw Jesus, and he said, you're going to mess up. It's okay. I got you. 
even this morning. And, you know, so it's like I think it's a daily thing. We have to remember we are not under that weight anymore. We are free. We're a new creation. We don't. He, he sees us as clean. John 15, I think he said, you are already clean. I just want to believe that every day and walk in that. Well, it's so hard when we're living in this dirty world. I mean, yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, but I'm just, what's coming to mind as both of you are talking is when you look at that Genesis scripture, he literally said, let's make them in our own image, right? And so when you think about a king who makes decrees, that's it. When the king says so, it's so, right? It's a done deal, right? right? So as you were talking, Christy Joy, and then even Michelle, as you were talking, the Lord was just bringing to mind Proverbs 18, verse 21, that says, and I'm, again, I'm reading in the Amplified, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, mm-hmm. and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their word. Are their words. So we know that our words are powerful, but when we genuinely recognize who we truly, truly are, who He made us to be, kings and priests unto our God, right? Yes. Daughters of the Most High God. Yeah. When we step into that, then we understand what we say actually matters, and it moves heaven and earth. It's not some flippant thing to say, oh, I'm a sinner, so therefore this and that. When you say that, you're speaking death over yourself. Yeah. That is not okay. It's exactly what you said, Christy Joy, just the, the um, then you're coming into agreement, and this word right here in Proverbs says, and bear the consequences of their words. Whoa. Consequences <laughs> tends to have a negative connotation, but there are positive consequences as well, yes. right? Yes. When we speak life... What are we going to reap from that fruit? We're going to reap life, more life, baby. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's good. And you know, even Job said, the thing that I, what did he say? The thing that I feared has come upon me. Mm. And so what we're focusing on and what mm-hmm. we're saying, it will come. Oh, that's so good. I'm telling you what, <laughs> like, as you're saying that, of course, I'm feeling Holy Spirit here. Like he is, whoa. Yes. This is pow- That was powerful, Kat. Yes, I, I was. It was just kind of bringing to my mind the thing that I feared the worst. Like I was so terrified when I got married for the first time, because my mom had abandoned when I was twelve. When I got a husband, I grabbed on. Like I grabbed on and clung to mm. dear life, and I was terrified of him ever leaving me. Mm. Like I was so scared of being abandoned again. And so he he being married was was an identity and the Lord needed to strip that because of where he wanted to take me and because he knew that I loved him with all of my heart he needed to allow what happened and I'm not saying that that was from God like my divorce was not from God but he used it for his glory. Like because I chose to lean into him, he used that place. But I but what I feared the most actually happened. Yeah. He left. But thank God. Like you say, he <laughs> makes all things new, yes. right? I mean, he is he and we're gonna talk about restoration later, but literally like he made me a new creation and I wouldn't have known it. 
I don't think I would have known it had I not gone through what I went through mm-hmm. because it, because I chose Jesus and to continue to follow him, even though I had nothing left except my daughters, you know, oh my goodness, that is so beautiful and redemptive. He doesn't waste anything. Oh my God. That's what I love Amen. about God. He doesn't Thank waste you, a Lord. thing. Mm-mm. That whole Romans 8 28, right? He mm, works right. all the yes. things right. together yes. right. for good. Uh, well, uh, something I would just want to bring up too is I, I, I can hear it. I can hear somebody's thinking right now. But I, I am a sinner, but I do sin. I sin every day. And you know, there's even scripture that says anyone who says that they don't sin, they're not, you know, they're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will, I will stand on that. I'm not a sinner. Mm-hmm. And, now, and here's, here's how I see it. Um, I, if you can imagine a tree, and uh, let's say it's a, it's a peach tree. It's got peaches on it. So it has the root of the tree is peach roots. You know, if it's a banana tree with bananas on it, it's going to have banana roots. So whatever the root is, that's the fruit that you'll see. And uh, this is something God showed me when I was in the shower years ago. He likes to talk to me in the shower. I guess maybe because I'm not thinking too much. There's nothing not between us except yeah. some water. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just him, me, in the water, and I'm not. I'm not overthinking. But it's like uh, when we're not when we're not saved. Let's say we have an apple fruit. We'll let it represent the apple, whatever it was in the garden. We have an apple root, and there's apple fruit on the tree. But then we come to know who Jesus is, and he changes our root. Now we are like a, a persimmon root or I something think we're beautiful. All of them. Yeah. We're I think all we're of, all of it. Every beautiful root that there is, but he's changed our root. Yeah. And we're not the same person that mm-hmm. we were. Now when you see that tree, it's still going to have some apples on it. You know, at the beginning, because it, there's still just some 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 residual of the old there, but over time, the more that that new root takes place, uh, it, you know, gets settled in and it starts to flow through the, the bark of the tree and the and through the the branches, those old fruit are going to fall off, mm-hmm. and the new fruit is going to show up. But it takes time, and I think that's where we are so hard on ourselves because it's like, well, I, but I sinned this morning. I'm sure I sinned this morning. I'm sure I did something this morning. And But we, we call ourselves sinners because we're still sinning. But that's not, who, I, I, that's not who my root is anymore. I'm not that person anymore. And I'm going, one day you're going to, and maybe in, I may have to wait till I get to heaven. I'm sure I will. But one day it's going to be all of that beautiful fruit yes. coming off of me. Yes. But... I'm in the process right now. Every day, I believe that more of that old fruit's coming off and more of the new fruit's coming on. So I just want to say we have to stop being so hard on ourselves yeah. because we're sinning. Stop calling. I'm gonna, I'm, I will never call myself a sinner again. Amen. I'm not that. I think I love that illustration because it just paints this picture, and it's so clear, Michelle. I love that. I want to also say that there's a difference between being a sinner and sinning. Yes. And there's the habitual sin, yes, which is intentional, and we're not repenting, and we're not asking the Lord to help us with it, versus, yeah, I messed up and this and that, but it's covered by the grace, and I'm turning, and Lord, I'm asking you to help me with this. I don't want to do this anymore, right. versus being obstinate and staying in that habitual sin and and choosing choosing because it's a choice choosing the path of darkness and unrighteousness right we have that choice before us so i feel like 
people are taking exactly what you're saying, Michelle. Well, I messed up this morning, therefore I am this. No, that's a lie the enemy wants you to believe all day long, because if he does, if he gets you there, then he's got you. So no, the choice is, I'm cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Am I perfect? Not yet. Nope, not yet. But you Mm -hmm. know what? He's in me, and I can stop sinning because he has made the path before me. He's covered it all. He's working out my salvation. Yes. There you go. Constantly, He's right? Doing it. He's and we are to work it out, we right? With fear and trembling. And I will say, too, I'll add to that because we do not have a license to sin no. just because we have grace. Because Amen. what does that even say? Is that Romans 6 where he says, May I, may I continue to sin that grace may abound? No. Certainly not. No. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying, no one's saying that it's okay to keep sinning. I think that's what you're getting at, Kat. Mm-hmm. We need to ask God every day is there something here that yes. you want me to just to? that you want to purge out of me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thank you for adding that. That yeah. was good. I love so that. that yeah. Good. Actually, I, I was uh, having a conversation with one of my mentors, uh, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago. And she said, I was asking her, you know, what is your process of spending time with Jesus? What is your process of that? And, and it, that daily repentance, that piece is so important but you know, something else I was just thinking about too is at the importance of surrounding yourself with others who can speak that life over you. Yes. Like I think it's so easy to isolate and get stuck in that place of shame because that's one of the, you know, things that the enemy want, loves to use in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so if he can get us like hiding, Stuck in because those habitual sins they can show up, oh, yeah. and this oh, world yeah. is dark, and it is so easy. I mean, like it's so easy to be gluttonous. It's so easy, you know, to hide in pornography. It's so easy. There's so many things out there that are easy just to hide. And oh, it makes you feel better share. for a moment too. It just kind of mm. gives you a little temporary comfort. But then you feel worse afterwards. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And only He is the one that can fill the fullness of that space, right, in your heart that Mm -hmm. needs that feel-good moment, right? But if we have, you know, if I could just be real and say, oh, my gosh, I'm struggling with something, I can call Kat, who is a safe place for me. And I'm not saying everybody attach yourself to Kat because even (laughs) though – she only has so much time. So I'm going (laughs) to – <laughs> Find yourself a person that you can be safe with and feel safe with. But even if you have multiple people that you can feel safe in that place of saying, I'm struggling here in this area, mm-hmm. they can begin. And and it has to be the right kind of person. These people need to know who they are and their identity right. so that they can speak life and, you know, speak right. life over you and say, no, 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 that is not who you are. And just even yesterday, I was having a conversation with a friend who uh, we were, and we were talking about our husbands who are very similar by the way. And we just said, you know what? We are going to speak life over our husbands. We're not going to ever say, when we get together, we're not going to be husband bashing. (laughs) Come on. That's right. None of that. Ladies, let's get real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When we get with our girlfriends, when we get with each other, it's so easy to to complain about whatever it is that's bothering us. And yes, you know, it is good to be real. 
But what if we could be real and have somebody actually speak truth? Hey, Mm -hmm. remember who you are. We're the kind of people who speak life over each other and remind us and remind ourselves that we are a new creation, Mm -hmm. that there is Jesus who paid that price on the cross. He paid a price for a reason, is for us to be free. And to be transformed in mm-hmm. His image so that we can reflect Him, His glory here on earth so that others might live. Yeah, that's so good. It's that challenge, right, mm-hmm. to call each other up yep. into our identity, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Having that accountability, but with someone who you know has your back, who genuinely loves you, wants the best for you, and she's like, hey, you know what? That's not who you are. I love you enough to tell you that's not who you are. Let's go this way. Right? Yeah, that's right. I, I have this one lady in my group. She's always looking at me and saying, you know you're God's favorite, don't you? Oh. You know, she just <laughs> always that. tells me that. And, you know, but, you know, and, and I tell her the same thing. You're his favorite, too. Mm-hmm. But I, it's nice to have somebody who just will say that to me because sometimes I need to hear it even though, we're all his favorite, obviously, but it's nice to hear somebody say, you're his favorite. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of gets you back in, in the right place where you need to be. So yeah. I, I just love that. So good. It is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, we are. He he wants us to know that we are his royalty. You know, I, I remember being in the Colorado School of Kingdom Ministry, and we started talking about, um, oh, my goodness, we started studying, a, oh, my gosh, royalty book that Bethel, that I think it was Chris Ballatin, uh, Supernatural Ways of Royalty. I was so sorry. I couldn't <laughs> remember what it was. Supernatural Ways of Royalty. And it was during that time that, and I'm not saying that this that God is calling everybody to do this, but for me, I was, I was identifying as somebody in poverty. I was identifying, there were certain things that I was identifying that were negative, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that mm-hmm. Jesus really was like, that's not who you are. And God asked me to stop shopping for a minute at Goodwill. Don't go to another thrift store. I want go. to bless you. I want you to know who I say that you are and let me be pr- your provider. I think... You know, that's just another way that he has made us new. Like yeah. so many of us can get stuck into that orphan mindset, that mm-hmm. poverty spirit or whatever. These things just love to attach themselves to us, to try and weigh us down, right? When, when you know, it, again, that just remembering and knowing and being in the word and seeing what God says about you what, mm-hmm. what and, and remembering you know what Jesus paid that price for. He calls you royal. He calls us royal. You are that princess, just like that role that I played, taking the little girl on a journey to learn what it takes to become a princess. In the end, she realizes that she already is. It wasn't anything that I had to do. It was just literally a mind shift. Yeah. We just have to shift our mind and believe well, that's the scripture that was coming to my mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Mm. I beseech you, therefore, 
brethren, sisterin, sister, what you say? <laughs> Come on. By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's about renewing. It's like I have to get up every single day because I do. I wake up with this blah on me. A lot. Mm. You know, I'm okay. I'm good. But it's like there's something there. And it's just it's like the film of this world that just gets on you. You know, you had a funky dream. Something strange happened, you know? <laughs> yes. And, but it's like I have, to, I have to remind myself every morning. Some mornings I forget. I've got to renew my mind this morning. And um, is there a scripture? My husband says it. I don't know if it's, it's scripture, but it says, let God be truthful and every man a liar. Hmm. So if, if God's saying something, it's true. That. And if it doesn't, if somebody's saying something to me that doesn't agree with God, then they're not telling me the truth. Amen. And I'm just that's not right. going to accept it. And that's what renewing the mind is like. It's yeah. like, I'm rejecting that. I'm believing this. And that's the way it's going to be. So good. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a daily. Every single Hourly, minutely <laughs> thing. Yeah, especially when those things come against you or whatever you get, you know, that little piece of sand in your shoe or the mm-hmm. little little pebble, the little one, you know, yes. it just kind of rubs, you know. <laughs> you get, you know. You can't find it anywhere in your shoe. <laughs> exactly. It's like, where is it? <laughs> but, that, what is it, the, the piece of popcorn, the, <laughs> the little thing that gets down in your gum and you're like, I cannot I get this thing get out. Rid of this. Especially when you don't have a toothpick or a toothbrush around you. <laughs> and what's worse is you have it there and you don't even know it. And you need a friend, like you're talking about, somebody who loves you enough to say, hey, get that out of your you, teeth. You got that big green <laughs> right? ring on your teeth. Yes. That thing needs that's to go. Love. Let's get right again. That's, yes. that's real love. Come on. <laughs> I love that. I love wow. that. Wow. Yeah. So we just, yeah. We just want to say, believe who you are. God has equipped you with a crown. There is a crown that he has placed upon your head. Jesus paid a price so that we could be restored. We could be made new, be restored back to the garden, and reflect his image because he made us in his image again, right? So we just, yeah, I want to encourage all of you guys today who are out there listening to us, that you would be encouraged knowing that he has placed that crown upon your head. You are his favorite. He's put you on his refrigerator like a magnet. (laughs) (laughs) He loves you so much. And so let's end with prayer. Let's do that. Yeah. I'll let Kat maybe. All right. Well, Lord God, we just thank you for... um, the very fact that you decided to make man in your image, that you decided you wanted a family, and you said, let's do it, and let's make them like us. Wow. Mm. What what mind-blowing truth <laughs> that is to know that you thought of us and decided to make us just like you. So, Daddy, we just thank you that you are the perfect father and that we are yours. We thank you that you made us like you 
And Jesus, that you came and you did everything to make a path for us to be like you, to be able to cast off sin and walk in your righteousness. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are in us. You are inside of us, the living God, living inside of us, leading us, guiding us, counseling us, walking us along this path, Lord, to become more like you. Thank you for making us new, Lord, making all things new. Father, give us the understanding and the knowledge of you so that we can be everything that you have set before us to be. I just um, ask that any restrictions that we might be having that is keeping us small, that's keeping us from feeling as though we don't deserve it, Will you just take that away? Because it's not about, do I deserve it? It's, it's about Jesus, your son, did it for us, and he gave us the gift. And so it's about just receiving it. So help us to receive whatever is blocking. We just, we just say it has to go right now. And we are open to receive the knowledge of who you are and who you say we are. Just give us the um, give us the openness and the the eagerness to just walk in everything that you've given us, because you're such a good father. And when you look at us, all you all you see is is just so much potential and so much joy. We know that every single one of these women, every single one of these men who are listening right now, you look at them and you are pleased. And the reason you're pleased is because they believe in your son. And that's the only reason. That's all it takes. And we just thank you that that that, that is the case. And, and will you help all of us to feel that and experience that every day, that because we believe in Jesus, you are so pleased with us. And let us just sit in that and enjoy you. Yes, Father, we are so grateful for the price that your son paid on the cross so that we could become new, so that we would not have to be identified anymore by the things that we do and the sins and the mistakes that we make, that, God, we could be known to be righteousness. We could be known for who you say that we are and restored again or back to the garden, back to reflect your image Father, I'm asking for each of these women, Lord, who are out there, maybe they don't have a friend. I pray that you would bring community around them who could begin to be cheerleaders for them so that they might step into the fullness of who you have created them to be brand new, Father, so that they might reflect your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I just pray for your blessing over each of them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to a couple of weeks when we will talk about the restoration of all things. Yeah. (laughs) So in the meantime, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye.